0: welcome 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 um that's six welcomes this week because this is the second podcast of the week a little bonus i thought we'd kick january off hard this is episode t- t- 249 and i'm joined by the wonderful adam mckay really enjoyed this chat i'm going to keep the intro brief because this is a bonus episode so whilst it's a little bit sh- shorter i think you're happy with that there's a lot of podcasts out e- even on the distraction pieces network if you're a film fan you, you will have on Wednesday had me me talking to Mark Miller. Um, and then on Thursday, you, you would have had Brett Goldstein's films to be buried with. And then today is another one. You've also got off the beaten track today. You had Hardcore Listing on Monday. Um, a cho- Tuesday Night jaw. I'm recording this in advance, but they m- have quite possibly got their, their their Hall of Fame Slash Matches of the Year episode out this week. So a lot for you to listen to. So I won't ramble on t- too much. The usual plugs apply. Head over to Speech Development records.com there's loads of good stuff over there patreon.com slash scroobiest pip if you can spare a dollar a month um the idea is that if i heard i heard craig parkinson describe it like this on uh on two shot podcast which is a fantastic podcast um he said if we were if you were out and you saw me in a pub would you come and buy me a drink to say thanks for the, the free podcast every week if you would just jump on the on the Patreon, because that's... I mean, f- for me particularly, that's a dollar a month. That means you buy me a drink every three or four months, depending on, I mean, depending on where you drink. It could be f- five or six months, because that's like 70p a month. Um, so yeah, head over there, patreon.com slash Pip. I'm about to launch Poem of the Month over there, the first Monday of every month, where I recalled a spoken word piece I wrote over 10 years ago i've I've gone through my old archives and found unreleased works and stuff like that so that's all going on over there um but that's enough you don't need to hear about that nonsense i recommend you go and see vice though we're about to talk about it there's no spoilers that's not how it works um oh it's a true story so spoilers are the way the world has played out but um i loved it it's in my films of the year already um, I think it's a sure bet for being in there at the end of the year as well. Uh, it's fantastic. Head out and see Vice. But for now, um, oh, I should also mention on f- on February fourth, P- P- Pod Bible magazine launches, and I'm helping out on that. It's a thing that Stuart, a are- um and Adam Adam Richardson have made, and it's a free podcast magazine. We'll give you more details as we get closer to the date, but we will be handing out in person on February 4th at certain train stations in the morning and evening in London and it's your free guide to podcasting. and it's got interviews in there with Adam Buxton and Craig Parkinson who I just mentioned and there's just tons of recommendations and picks and tips from all over the place so yeah it's really good stuff I think you'll enjoy it and it's free the free digital copy the, the free physical copy launches on February 4th the digital copy follows on february the 11th the following monday but you can can follow pod bible all over the internet um it's on twitter instagram all these places so give us a follow and sh- show some love if, if you're a fan of podcasts i mean in the time i'm doing this intro after saying it be short it's a long ass intro you could have gone and followed uh, pod bible so anyway we'll, 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 without further ado Oh, I should should mention the, the Polaroid on this one M- might look weird. Yeah, because we um, the Polaroid wasn't right at the time. So we've used press photos to go in there. It's a bonus podcast. You can't complain about a few inconsistencies incons- to, 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 to the s- system. Chill. This is Adam McKay on the Distraction Pieces podcast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I always find the the one thing that I can maintain is making sure that wherever I land, I try not to have a nap or sleep yes. until actual bedtime. Other than that, I've not got the discipline to not. Eat on the plane. I'm watching films. I'm going to be eating those yeah, sweets and I don't so blame on and so forth, So I
1: tell you, the one thing that's worked, and this is terrible. Yeah. My wife doesn't like it. Go out that night, that first night, and yeah. have a bunch of beers.
0: Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And it yeah. resets everything. Yeah, because it's going to give you that clean sleep you know and and, like, and and that groggy wake up but at least you're expecting it then there's a reason for it to be a groggy at wake least approximate some kind of routine anyway i love it um yeah. i'm joined today by adam mckay um there's a lot i want to talk to you about and we'll get to uh, to loads of it but we should start with vice as you're in the in the midst of the hype and excitement of that how's that been <laughs> talking about it and seeing the reactions both The praise and the Trumps walking out and stuff like that. How's how's that all been?
1: It's been a kick. I mean, this was one of the more challenging movies we've ever done. It obviously covers five, six decades of American history and one of the most mysterious, shadowy characters in American history. So we knew it was going to be difficult, and we knew it would get a divisive response, quite simply because everything does these days in the United States.
0: Um, Yeah, particularly if you're talking about politics rather than – avoiding that you've literally steered into it with, <laughs> exactly. with, well let's really get that let's see where they go
1: so we kind of knew what we were asking for but uh, but overall it's been very exciting I mean it, it's really great to see uh, young people who weren't that familiar with the history very turned on by the movie and really yeah. uh, getting what it's doing. And then recently there's a thing with a new attorney general they've been interviewing, yeah. and Unitary Executive Theory keeps coming up. Right. And I'm yeah, seeing yeah, yeah. people on social media are talking about vice because we deal with that as a central idea. So a lot of it's doing exactly what we wanted. Um, but yeah, it is funny in the United States, man. It's like yeah. you get anywhere near government or religion or any of that stuff, and it's just… The Red Sea parts.
0: <laughs> I was talking to um, an author recently, and he was saying if you talk about anything political, as soon as it goes on social media, there becomes a ghost version of mm-hmm. your book or of your. F- and it's a similar film. There will be a g- g- ghost version of the film that people who haven't seen it are furious about because yep. they've decided what the points it's making. And you then have to kind of look at, am I going to defend against. What I haven't made, or because I still agree with that kind of thing, you yeah. know, it's that this weird thing of you don't even have to only defend your actual film; you have to defend w- 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 what those who haven't seen it assume it to be. I bit the hook a couple times on social media and immediately
1: <laughs> regretted it. Was like, yeah. what am I doing? But the one that drives me crazy is going, ah, it's all a pack of lies, and I'm like, well, what's not true? Yeah. Like, I want them to yeah. list it. Oh, you liberals. I'm like, yeah, but what's not true? Like, tell me what's false. Like, and they won't list anything. That's the one that drives me crazy. But I have learned, for the most part, I only bite the hook a couple times. So, yeah, Yeah. let it just be what it needs to be.
0: How, uh, I mean, do you enjoy, in these last two films, tackling real life and true stories? Because I guess the story is already there, but then you have to find your route through that story and find the bits that excite you. Because... It always annoys me when people get angry at anything that's l- left out of a bar pick or anything yeah. like that. And it's like, well, it's not a documentary. No, it's 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 a narrative, and it's something I want to talk about in in the big sh- short as well. I think there's a certain area of society who you can only reach through narrative films, huh. and th- who wouldn't go and watch a documentary about mm-hmm. Dick Cheney or a documentary about the financial c- crisis, but they will go and watch a blockbuster about it. So it, it feels, I think it's an underrated level of importance in tackling That's these stories. I thought it would Detroit and with numerous other films in recent years. A large
1: part of the reason we made this movie. Exactly. Yeah. That we felt like there was a lot of great books written about Cheney. There's yeah. some good documentaries, but really only the Oliver Stone movie W and really yeah. that, barely grazes on Cheney. Yeah. And you're right. For a lot of people, that becomes the record. There were obviously many other nuanced motivations for the movie, but that was definitely one of them. And and there was a sense in America... That we were ready to sweep that whole those whole eight years under the carpet. Yeah, people really had stopped talking about it. In fact, you even started hearing people say in regards to Trump, it kind of makes you miss W. Bush.
0: Yeah, I would say, are That's you really
1: kidding me? <laughs> like, uh, can I just being, remind you, <laughs> being bitten by a dog makes you miss being bitten by a shark? Like, I don't. <laughs> how about yeah. they're both terrible? Like, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was definitely part of the motivation of the film. And the cool thing is, we're getting to see some of that. Come into action, yeah. where there's some people who didn't know certain things, and they're talking about it, and you can see the exchanges happening and in yeah. social media, and you hear them uh, anecdotally. So uh, we're, think, pretty, we're pretty happy with the reaction.
0: I think, particularly in in the UK, I'm excited for it to launch in the UK, and that because it is something that w- we're even more ignorant to a, a, really? a, a lot of these stories, to a lot of the, the stories on in American Oh, stories, oh, oh, because okay. we get a, um, a a wide brushstroke of just. He's a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. You're not watching the news every day and getting all the small things that build up this character. You're just getting the Darth Vader character and not the. I hate to break it to you. I hate to break it to you, but that's
1: kind of all we're getting in the United States as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I think that's
1: mostly what we get as well. I mean, I was amazed. And by the way, I'm talking about myself when I talk about the United States. I was amazed by how how many of these details I didn't know. Oh. Once I started uh, researching it, there were so many things I had no idea, like that he got the daily intelligence briefing before the president, that yeah. he was BCC'd on all his emails. I remember reading this stuff going, holy moly, this is crazy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's uh, a lot of that kind of stuff in there. And uh, it'll be exciting for England because- you know, obviously, you guys rode with us into that into that war, and I'm yeah. curious to see how people react here, and mm-hmm. uh, I can't wait. And, and usually, I, I feel like the UK is pretty good, pretty on their politics, and knows what's going on, yeah. and are open to ideas. Not everyone, of course. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So, did it kind of excite you as you delved into it? That uh, it's a thing that I found with. Black Klansmen recently and numerous other things where you're making a historical piece, but so much of it mirrors the current situation. And with the kind of, the more I watched and the more I saw how blissfully ignorant W. Bush was compared to the people behind him, and it feels like a similar thing with Trump and a lot of the people, kind of, the powers lurking in the shadows. Did that kind of motivate you to think, right, we're kind of telling two stories at once here. We're telling a bit of history and we're also kind of doing a foreshadowing of look what you could be missing.
1: Absolutely. I, and you know, the moment that really drove that home was when we have the speech, the actual speech yeah. from Ronald Reagan saying, make America great again.
0: Yeah. 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 I
1: mean, I remember I, I had heard that he had said that I had heard that it was a slogan, but when we actually found that footage, it took my breath away. It's yeah. just, uh, there were certain people in test audiences who thought we had uh, CGI would that footage to make him say it. They didn't believe it was real. Right. Yeah. Right. And we go, well, why did they change what Reagan was saying? It was like, no, that was, he had campaign yeah. buttons, make America great again. So that that repeating of history kept smacking us in the face as we were making the movie. And and the other thing that would happen is current events would loop right into the movie too. You'd be working on something like we have a scene where they talk about John Bolton working with Cheney. And I said, you know, you can maybe cut that. I haven't heard John Bolton's name in a long time. And the next day, Trump has hired John Bolton. Like that kind of stuff happened
0: constantly. It's beautiful because it means you don't have to to, to be ham-fisted about it or hammer it home. You don't have to be going, look, you know, this is like, there's so much in there that you can just tell the history and it's unavoidable from the the viewer. So, again, it will have those things that people in their mind will be saying, well, it's having a go at Trump and all this. Yeah. No, it's not mentioning or, or making a, a conscious comparison at all. It's just unavoidable. It's just the history. Yeah.
1: I mean, there was an interesting discussion my editor and I had when we were doing the 1980s. Yeah where we wanted to just show a couple images of the 80s. So we had like Jane Fonda, we had Mr. T. And I told my editor, I go, honestly, if you were showing images of the 1980s, you'd put Donald Trump in there. Yeah. That's what Donald Trump is and was. He yeah. was like a B-level celebrity from the 1980s. Yeah. And I go, that's- the archetypal rich guy. Yeah. He, and and he had a areas. board game and he was a cheese ball and he was a yeah. joke in the 80s. And that's what Donald Trump is. And I yeah. go, let's put a picture of him in. And we just- Put a quick picture of Donald Trump in there. And like in our minds, that's what Donald Trump is. Yeah. And we didn't make any effort for the rest of the movie ever to show him again. That was the only time you see him. Yeah. So we were constantly having that discussion. How much do you consciously loop? How much do you just play it by the period? Yeah. Um, but it's also really fun, too. I mean, you're going through five, six decades of American history. And yeah. we're learning while we're doing it because we're constantly researching and we're talking to journalists. And uh, yeah. so it's just stimulating the entire process.
0: It's something I was going to ask about the evolution of your scripts because this and and the big sh- short in particular, it feels like they're so intricate and so they weave in and out of, of, of drama and comedy and almost parody and things like that that it – There needs to have been a flexibility in when you start moving on things rather than – I mean, I'd imagine there's a long journey to get to here's our finished script because it's intricate. But then equally, is there a looseness then to go, we need to throw that out the window or change this? You know, less so with The Big Short because it was all – The Big Short had a ticking clock on it. Yeah.
1: The ticking clock obviously being the collapse. Yeah. Yeah. The Cheney did not. I mean, the Cheney yeah. was like a big, expansive life story. Yeah. So there were definitely some elements to the Cheney script that we had to cut that I really thought I really wanted to keep. But yeah. they just wouldn't work. There was a whole section about young Cheney and young Lynn falling in love as teenagers. Right. That I thought was vital to the movie. And we could not get it to work. We kept putting it in. We'd cut it short. we cut it long. We'd cut it medium. We'd flip the time. And the audience was just not having it. Yeah. They're like, look, we came here. It's bad enough you got us to come and watch a movie about a vice president. Now you're yeah. not even going to show us Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And so we did take that out, and the movie played much better once it was out. And uh, and then we had a crazy musical number where Rumsfeld taught Bale all the ins and outs of Washington D.C. And that was another one it just. It just blew a hole in the movie. It was too much, too early, and uh, we tried six, seven times to keep that in, and that ended up going. Those were the two big things we lost. Where yeah. I was like, ah, ah. but all the other stuff tracks pretty well with what the script was. I mean, yeah. the, really, the last half of the movie is almost exactly what the script was. But yeah, those two big pieces definitely came yeah. out.
0: And it, it must be hard to to have pieces that you love, but you have to accept don't add to the the fine the big picture.
1: Well, I got to tell you what yeah. drove us crazy, and I, I gave him a hard time about it. Our uh, director of photography, Greg Frazier, Yeah. he shot that footage of them as young teenagers. It looks so beautiful. Yeah, We shot it on film. Our production designer, Patrice Vermette, Susan Matheson with the wardrobe, the actors. It was so good that it just never occurred to us that it wouldn't be in the movie because it just looked like – you know, the movie Giant or it looked like uh, East of Eden or wow. some kind of 1950s yeah, 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 movie. Yeah, yeah. And so and then when I saw Greg, I was like, you SOB. Yeah. You cost us two months of work because your footage looks so beautiful.
0: Yeah, That's <laughs> what DVD extras are for. My yeah, that's, it'll, that's it'll, be it. sneak- it'll be on there. It's it'll on be there. on there. Um, I mean, we touched upon... A social media briefly there. And there's too much f- film stuff I want to talk about to go too deep into the, the ups and downs of social media. But a thing that's been popular in the last week or two is the 10-year challenge of people oh, looking yeah. at themselves 10 years ago and looking at now. And I wanted to kind of do that with your career in a way because it occurred to me that St- St- Step Brothers is a film that I loved, but it's so different from Vice. So how do you you, you look at your script writing approach your directing approach is there an element of of greater confidence because it always feels in earlier work I, I could be wrong but it feels to me there's less that you take out because you're kind of just let's do it we've shot yeah, it yeah, it's, yeah. In, it's yeah. there let's do it whereas you need to mature as a director to be able to say I know we've shot it and it looks beautiful but it's not adding to, adding to, uh, to, uh, to the story so how do you see kind of comparing you in the Step Brothers time to you uh, making vice I feel like with Step Brothers and Talladega Nights, I started
1: getting pretty good at, like, making movies. Like, I, I started to really understand the interaction with the DP, how to use the camera, how to use the camera to help a comedy, which is a very specific thing to do. Yeah. So I always loved the way uh, Step Brothers looked. I I thought it. There's some great shots in that movie. The slow motion of them hitting each other in the heads with the bats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The opening title on that is my favorite opening title of any movie we did. Right. Step Brothers letters come down, and it's the uh, North American Scum song playing. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite opening titles. So that movie is the most fun I think I've ever had making a movie. Step Brothers, where every day I laugh so hard my body would be sore. Yeah. And for me, that's the most me, and, and I think Will feels this way as well. That's the movie that's that we love the most out of all those comedies, yeah. Step Brothers, because yeah. it's it's really is kind of like pure anarchy, pure just 100%. power chords, and like let's just go for it. And but compared to these movies now, yes, it's very different. I mean, in some ways, there's nothing harder than making a comedy in the way that. All day long, your mind is working when you're doing a comedy. You're, you're constantly thinking of, you don't want to get pinned in with a bad joke. So you're always getting alternatives. You're always shooting it differently. Your mind is going much harder when you're doing a comedy. Whereas when you're doing something that can be dramatic or funny or whatever, it's a much more relaxed vibe and you're, and you're going for much more nuanced moments and, yeah. and things don't feel rushed. And I, I joked when I first started doing the big short, I was like, this is fantastic. This feels very European. And yeah. we would finish an hour early
0: and we would go home. Amazing. And it was, it was really lovely is what it was. Um, it must be a tough one on comedy to kind of decide, is this funny or are we just having f- fun? And they, they're not always... The same thing. If you're in the moment, if it's working with friends, working with hilarious people. Always get it,
1: though. If you're having fun, always film it. Yeah. Always yeah, yeah, film yeah. it because it does increase the chances that it's good. Yeah. If you guys yeah. are really laughing, if we're really laughing at something, it doesn't mean it's going to work. Yeah. But the odds do go up. Yeah. Um And, you know, with our rule was just get everything. I mean, I think we shot over a million feet of film for Step Brothers. Oh, wow. But what was the difference if you do the 10 year thing, huh? Well, I think the difference, honestly, yeah, I think I've become a better filmmaker. There's no question. I've done a lot more. But I also think the difference is in the world. I just think the world yeah. is such a radically different place 10 years ago to yeah, now. Um, and in a way, that's kind of really what's changed things. I, I don't know if I make vice if the world hasn't done what it's done, yeah. you know? the world stayed pretty much relatively the same, I'd probably still be making those types of comedies, but they just don't feel like they quite fit where we're at.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. That makes complete sense. How is it kind of – what's your approach as a director when you're directing performances like in in Vice? Obviously Christian Bale is getting rightfully – Buckets of praise, Sam Rockwell as well. He's he's one of my favourites for years, but to see see him in a role like this is just, it blew me away. But Steve Carell, a previous guest on here, Eddie Marson, just so many great performances of people who find the exact right balance of not just doing an imitation, because again, it's tough when it's real life people. Mm -hmm. You don't want to just go in and do an impersonation. You want to, I guess, find what's, find the you in them and yep, draw that out. Yep, exactly. So, well how said. do you approach that as a as a as a director? In do you sit back and kind of go, look, a, a Christian Bale, from what I've heard, knows what he's doing. <laughs> you know, the dude connects. definitely. Definitely.
1: So, I mean, the fun of it for me is that I've done all this research. I have ideas about the characters. So, the fun of it is I get to sit with actors like uh, Bale and Amy Adams yeah. and, and talk for two, three hours and kick around ideas and just bat it around. What is the character And, and really what you're looking for, you're right. And I told all the actors this, don't feel like you have to do an impersonation. What you want is yeah. that, that emotional kinetic that, that is the person you just want to feel that, like you're in the right key of that person. You don't have to be exactly that person. Yeah. And of course, once an actor frees themselves up like that, of course, then they start really seeming like the person, which they, they all kind of did. But, um, so there's a lot of, of conversations. There's a lot of sharing of research. And then on the day, you know, usually the first three or four takes, these are very, very good actors. I, I leave them alone, and I'm doing my work as far as getting the camera where it should be, getting the rhythm. We might be changing blocking. Sometimes as a writer, I'll just notice some of the dialogue isn't working. And so one of the first things I'll say is, that doesn't feel right. Why don't you try freeing that line up? And you're just trying to get everything to work for that that first circle take. And that's usually three, four takes to get that. And then you get that first circle take and you get, or maybe it's five or six, and you've had that brilliant performance from Bale, from Amy Adams, from Rockwell, whoever it is, Tyler Perry. And you're good because now you know you got it. Yeah, And then we screw around. Yeah, Then we play around. Then, I, then I'll come over and talk to the actor and go, oh, that's interesting. But, you know, there is another way to do this. Yeah, And it's not how I wrote it. And it's not how you played it. But do you want to fuck around with it a little bit? And always they do, of course. Yeah. And then it gets fun. Then yeah. it's like, ah, oh, wait about this. And we've had times where we've ended up changing the entire scene because of that. But it's all about getting that first take that's the written. That's what's the. So everything we've prepared. Yeah. Get that and then once you have it no rules let's play around and
0: and so many times of course that's where the best stuff comes from is that after the circle take yeah do you find there's a difference in that in between tv and film because i've 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 i act as well and i've done a couple of films recently but the biggest things i've done have been tv for bbc sure. and fx and stuff like that and it feels like in tv there's I guess because of the turnover of these things, there's less time to play around. It feels TV like, oh, we've is, got that, TV's so rough. let's move on. <laughs> Whereas with film, it's it, genuinely, as an actor, it had me excited there. You, the, yeah. the thought of you saying, oh, we've got that, let's keep going and have fun, yeah. rather than we've got that, and let's move on. That was kind of instantly like, oh, imagine, <laughs> the best. imagine that opportunity. It's
1: the best. Yeah, And, and <laughs> actors love it, I love it, the DP loves it, everyone loves it, because mm. we're good. We and got the pressure's it. Pressure's off then. It's right? off. The pressure's off, so you can enjoy and it. And now we can really go. A little, now that we're all dressed up in these costumes and we got all the lights set up, let's let's see what else is here. And that's where yeah. you dig. You know, there are plenty of times you walk away, going, "You know what? The circle take was the best." But I'd say, you know, sixty sixty five percent of the time, it's always what you find after that. And I've done TV before yeah, too, yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. totally with you. It's brutal. Yeah. Two three takes. Move on. Move on. Move on. Yeah. Um, there is something kind of fun about the TV, though. Because you're moving so fast, there is a looseness. There is a feeling of, like, just screw it. We're going for it. We're moving. Yeah. I did kind of enjoy that a, aspect.
0: A, a, a lack of, of, of analysis, of, it, of paralysis analysis. So exactly. if that goes right, that's beautiful. If it doesn't, then you've got that, oh, we should have spent longer on that. That's yeah, exactly.
1: Kind of, I, I got to on. work on a pilot, and the pilots are nice because they give you extra days. So We got to shoot it like right. a, a film. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But yeah, 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 that's that's usually it. And then there are scenes like we did the Shakespeare scene and uh, we did much more of it than what you see in the movie. It's sort of a shortened version of it. But with that one, I just let them go. I just yeah. let Amy and Christian do take after yeah. take after take. And then I would give them just little notes. And just can you try this? Or when you get this, make sure to hit this part a little more. Otherwise, keep going. And And that was more, sometimes you'll just pound a scene with takes. You'll just let the, and then I'll check in with the actors. How are you feeling? I feel like that was it. All right. So now you're good. Okay. How are you feeling? You know, and you just take after take, because there are times you're not going to change the words and there are times you're not going to change the blocking. Yeah. And then there was rare moments where you do like two or three takes and you go, we're good. Everyone gets very excited by that too.
0: Yeah. Because again, there is that potential of clocking off early. No matter how much, how much you enjoy your job, you're living the dream. There's that, oh, we're going to. Be back at the hotel early. The best. Oh, this is this the is best. Cool.
1: Yeah, I don't need too much, but 45 minutes, yeah. an hour, yeah. awfully nice. And it you're makes, saving money. It yeah. makes a difference. Yeah. The reason
0: I, I – I, my role – I did a, sh- a a show called Taboo, and the reason oh, my sure. role grew in that and I'm in the next series is because every time I was, was wrapped early, my excitement then was to watch everyone else but, but, because I didn't go to drama school or any of that stuff. So I'm ah. new to this, so I'm like – I've rapped as a character, but I get to watch Tom Hardy and Stephen Graham and all these people and learn from them. So I'd be like, I want to rap early because I know there's other scenes that oh, cool, I want to just watch man. and they're be part cool. of. And that kind of, yeah, it went down w- w- well. And it, I mean, I'll be honest, it got me more scenes because they were often, like it, it felt as if I was sitting on the sideline in in, in in full kit, just going kind of like, I, I'm ready to come in. So if they, if they suddenly realise, oh, we need someone here, they're like, put Pip in. So well played. Jump in yeah. Um, how do you go about the casting process of things like this? Because I said it's tough when it is a biopic or a or, or real life thing because there is always going to be at the back of your mind a natural propensity to go oh he looks like him or she looks like him rather than oh they're the right actor for it they're, they're going to do the right performance. How's that come about and is that something that you're hugely involved in or is that casting directors and, and producers and everything else obviously you produce as well I yeah. imagine you've got a lot of it, It's we have Francine
1: Masler who's like one of the best yes. casting directors and then I would say in general there are a bunch of names you know right away like when I'm writing the script before I've even talked to Francine
0: perfect. I
1: know it's Christian Bale I know I want Sam Rockwell I'm thinking about Amy Adams I'm thinking about Carell there's like a bunch of names that are kind of floating around mm. and then I never worry about them looking too much like him. You just don't want them to, like, look wrong. Like, you don't yeah. want to cast a 70-year-old Samoan man as, you know.
0: It's I, the balance, isn't it? It's yeah, the well, you want to be in the,
1: in the rough ballpark, you know. So, yeah. like – you know, Bale doesn't look anything like Chaney, but I knew, you know Bale, you know he can get there, you know he can get the vibe, and yeah. I knew that would be part of the fun of it. And and Rockwell actually does kind of look like Bush, that was convenient, and I also yeah. thought he was the perfect actor. I
0: wouldn't have picked it at all until I saw it on screen, I'd never seen that in Rockwell, I haven't seen everything he's done and studied Incredible. his performances, as soon as he was on screen I was like... That's just Bush. He's got everything. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Insane.
1: Yeah. Insane. But uh Amy looks almost nothing like Lynn Cheney, but the attitude was just perfect, yeah. on point. So yeah, as long as it's roughly in the ballpark, that's all I really cared about. And then yeah. these hair and makeup people can give you a little dash of something that just points it. But uh yeah, if it becomes like just impersonations, it can get but man, these actors are so good. They all got there. I mean, I'll tell you the guy who blew me away is Tyler Perry. Yeah. Tyler Perry as Colin Powell? How about that? Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, I mean, he walked on set. People thought Colin Powell was walking on set, yeah. and uh, that
0: was crazy. So, and the, and this subtlety of his of his performance, and I mean, oh. I guess it's also the subtlety of the way the character's written into it. But he's not in it that much, but he has such an impact and such a lasting. That effect guy can act. Role. That yeah. guy's a really good actor. Uh, we're gonna
1: we're gonna see a lot more of him in in serious roles and surprising roles. And, yeah. Yeah, I was really blown away by him.
0: Yeah, I love that. So, I mean, speaking of of, of 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 great actors, I guess when you find those people who are great and you know that you can work with them, which I think is an under talked about key part of yeah, filmmaking as well is yeah. if you can spend months together and not be, you know, accept their accept their view, them accept your view, all this kind of you worked with Bale and 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 Carell on 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 the big sh- short as well you added in two of the most talented heartthrobs in film history in in, in Brad Pitt and, and Ryan Gosling <laughs> happen to be gorgeous but god damn can they act so yeah. that, how was that to 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 tackle as well because that was to give context for anyone who doesn't know it was your first time s- stepping away from working with uh, with Will with Will F- Ferrell and it felt like s- such a difference in departure. Um, I don't know if you ever read the... There was a comic book called Super Crash, and I was um, I was a, a, a judge on the Independent Comic Awards panel that year. Oh, cool. And it did s- similar to what The Big sh- Short did in that it spoke about a really complex and, let's face it, probably boring subject. <laughs> I mean, the fact that it's boring is the reason it went so bad, because people would rather ignore it. Exactly. It spoke about that but made it, number one, understandable which is the first big task, but even more so with the big short, enjoyable, yeah. entertaining, funny. How was that? Because at that point, you're embarking on an un- unprecedented task. <laughs> Generally, films about that kind of thing are dry Oscar-targeted yeah, yeah. things, and this was, was anything but. It was still had the humour and the way you cut out of, um, or broke the fourth wall and cut out of reality and things like that was just, Yeah. Was amazing. How was that? I felt
1: really confident about the approach to it. I felt really confident about the script, about the movie I could make. But the part that surprised me was when, you know, because still I'm a guy known for comedy. So we have the script, Big Short. Paramount reads it; they like it. But what does this really mean? You know, it's still the guy who's done Anchorman and Step Brothers. And I said, look, why don't you let me take a crack at some casting? I'm thinking of these actors, and I name these highfalutin actors. And I'm sure they're thinking, no way he's getting them. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And in
1: one week, we got, what was it? First guy in was Bale. Then it was Ryan Gosling. And then it was Pitt. I think those were the first three that were in. And uh, in one week. And I was a bit shocked. Amazing. I couldn't believe it. I mean, that's that crazy dream list that you go for, and you know everyone's going to say no. Then you go to the second list, and they yeah. actually said yes. Yeah, And uh, and we went back to Paramount, and they were shocked. And they were like, I guess we're making this movie. <laughs> <laughs> You've done it. So the Ryan Gosling I had met before, and he's really cool and easy to hang out with. Carell I've known forever. Pitt, too, really just affable, easygoing guy. The guy I was kind of intimidated by was
0: Bale. I didn't know him. Yeah. and he's got a reputation or a mixed reputation a confuser inflated reputation as this artist that totally well, you well he is I kind of think well
1: oh, this is gonna be he's Ooh, a cool. serious artist yeah. he's he's played these roles that are just intimidating and amazing and and let's face it we all look up to him and I just didn't know him so I was he was the one guy I was like a little gingerly with like. Can I joke around? Can I do this? So I would just ask him everything. I go, I like to use a microphone on set, but I don't yell into it. I'm very calm in the mic. Is that okay? Yes, that's all right. And we did a couple days. We worked three or four days and it was going great. And he was amazing, of course, and getting along. And I was like, screw it. I'm going to make a joke with this guy. And so we're doing... This in The nerves are up. Oh, a little bit. I'm like, screw it. I think I even told my producer, go, screw it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck around with him. Let's see what happens.
0: I, I remember I, the the first time I was on set and I'd come up with an improvisation and we'd done like 10 takes and I had a small role. So I was like, I'm going to do it. I've never been more nervous. Yeah. It went down well when it made it in, but it was yeah. that kind of, I know it's good, but fuck. I <laughs> Am I wrecking something yeah. that's already yeah. working? Yeah. Am I I'm going to ruin the mood? So how so, was that? So it's
1: a big moment. It's his character in the end of the movie who everyone's been doubting the entire movie, going, you're crazy, you're crazy, you're crazy. And he's losing money, and he's losing money, and he's losing money. And finally, in the end, the crash happens. He was proven right. And he writes on his board. He's been writing on his chalkboard, the whole or his dry board, dry erase yeah. board, the whole movie, where his company's at. It's always been minus 20, minus 30, minus 20. And then at the very end, he writes like plus plus. 1,496. And then the character just writes that, and he turns, and there's a long shot of him just walking out of the, the empty office because everyone's been fired. Yeah, the company's yeah, falling yeah. apart, and, but yeah. he was right. And it's a big shot. It's the end of the movie. It's huge, yeah. So we do three, four shots of it. There's no lines, but uh, there's a camera move to it. So uh, Barry Aykroyd was our DP on that movie, and he gets it. It looks great. Bale's performance, spot on. So I was like, all right, I'm going to fuck with him. So I walk up to him, and I go, that was great, Christian. It was great. He goes, yeah, it feels good. And I go, uh... Just because we got it, do you want to do one where right when you turn to walk out, look at the camera, just kiss the tips of your two fingers, give a little peace sign and just go, peace out. And there's like a pause. <laughs> and he goes, uh, and he goes uh, and I go, yeah, just look at the camera and just peace out. And he goes, uh, "You know, I don't, I don't know if my guy would really do that. And I go, oh, no, Christian, I'm fucking with you. And he goes oh oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and then it was on it, and then it was like turns out christian loves bits and from then on we're doing bits
0: i love it because it's beautiful because as well the 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 panic of that is everything you've said previously you're the guy who did stepbrothers yeah, and command, no. so that is viable and yeah, like, at yeah. that point, you've not proven yourself as this other kind of exactly so, exactly so that was like i'm could fucking be doing... saying here's what i want you to yeah, do
1: totally he didn't know me well <laughs> enough and then from then on bits 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 all and through that it. movie all through the next movie yeah he's uh, christian's hilarious
0: it's, and loves to joke around it's great to hear because you hear a lot about how if you're having yeah the the a lot of and it, it's something that has happened in history in the past that some of the best films have come from really tense sets from really conflicted sets from people yeah, not so. enjoying themselves but it's great to hear obviously you kind of assume it on your anchor man's and stuff like that because you've got uh, you got all these people who are just clearly going to be having fun, but it's great to hear on these on these heavier and bigger ones that you, 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 you can still make this great, important, and powerful work and enjoy your day at work, enjoy your, the people you're around. The trick is,
1: the trick is always, and you know the answer is hire really good people. Yeah, if you hire really good people, you're good. Yeah, you know, yeah. we have amazing DPs, costume, AD, everyone's just amazing. So I don't need to be micromanaged, stressed out guy because I know I have the best of the best. Yeah. You know, If you told me I had to go direct a student film, God bless student films, I might be a little more stressed. Yeah. <laughs> I might say like, well, it's the camera there. Hey guys, come on, for real, we got to do this. Although who knows, maybe they're good students and it's a wonderful day. But um, you know what I mean. Yeah. When people are that good, it, it tends to allow you to relax. With comedy, it was always the point, and Will and I would talk about it, we'd be like, you can't have a stressed out set for comedy. It's going to hurt the comedy. Like we, you have to have a loose set. Yeah, you have to be laughing. It ha you have to be able to make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. You got to yeah, be able yeah. to swing and miss. Yeah. If because if you can't and people tighten up, the movie's going to be less funny. Like, you know, I, I used to say when we were doing Anchorman and Step Brothers, go, we're not making Apocalypse Now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, Apocalypse
1: yeah. Now is a movie probably freak out on that set a little bit. Yeah. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, Art exactly. Sheen had a heart attack. Yeah. They're using real dead bodies. Yeah. The Filipino army comes and takes the helicopters because there's a war. You will probably freak out on apocalypse yeah, now.
0: Yeah, we don't you've need got to freak right to panic.
1: Yeah, we don't need to freak out on
0: Anchorman or Step Brothers. Come on, everyone, yeah. relax. I love it. I love it. So um, obviously, as I said, there's tons I want to talk about, but one person I wanted to talk about in particular is is Mark Wahlberg because Mark Wahlberg is someone that I use as an example, and I use other guys as an, as an example all the time of the rare and unpraised skill of being able to do comedy. At the top level and being able to do drama yeah. at the at the their the top level, and obviously he, he went on to do TED and things things like that as well. But at that point, the fighter and 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 the other guys, it wasn't. I think everyone who's a serious actor thinks that they could probably do comedy, and everyone who's a comed a, a comedic actor might want to ever go at serious stuff, but <laughs> it's not as easy a crossover yeah, yeah. as, as yeah. it would seem. So, so how was that to work with with? with are with Mark and to find the to find the fun and to find the humor well it all came we had a dinner with I, I just I kept telling
1: Farrell I go you know something about that Mark Wahlberg that I just think the two of you would be interesting together you know I'm a huge fan of Boogie Nights and, yeah, Boogie, yeah. and I told him I go you know Boogie Nights that's a funny movie. It's amazing, Like There's yeah. great comedy in that movie. Mm-hmm. If you score that movie
0: differently, it's a comedy. But L- uh, look good, feel good is one of the, the best comedy lines ever when, he, when he's just keeping saying, oh, look good, feel good. If Ferrell was saying, look good, feel good, look good, feel good before it, he goes out. It'd be out. a catchphrase. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm like, I'm telling you,
1: that guy's funny, man. And so he's like, all right. And I go, let's have dinner with him. So we had dinner with him. And the two of them sat next to each other. And after the dinner, I go, there is an energy between the two of you that just makes me laugh. Like, you get the sense that, like, Wahlberg would kick your ass, but you wouldn't fight him. So then Wahlberg doesn't have to worry about kicking your ass. Like, there's just a funny thing between the two of you. It's kind of awkward. It kind of works it works because it doesn't work at yeah. all like i can't imagine the two of you guys just hanging out and i go we got to do a movie that's just and uh what's great about Wahlberg is he's like at the end of the day he's just a professional so i talked to him about doing comedy and i go you know it's actually not some of it's not that hard
0: mark just play it all real yeah I go, that's all you got to do play yeah. everything real and then if there's it's ever hard to get people to do though if they think they're doing comedy because totally. you, you, you want to play for laughs and yep that's what makes him great is he will come in and he'll believe that character. And that's, yeah. And that's
1: exactly what he did. And, I, and there was a couple of times where I go, all right, you know, I said, play real, this one, push it a little bit or this one, you can do it more like that. I would, I would just occasionally tell him, yeah, we're breaking our own rule here, but 99.7% of the time play it real. Yeah. And that's what he did. And he was great. And, uh, the two of them together just made us laugh, man. There was just a funny, odd energy. Yeah. And that was all Wahlberg started improvising the bit with Ava Mendez about, this is your wife? No, really. Where's your <laughs> wife? Where's your wife? <laughs> yeah. Bye Sheila. And kept saying bye Sheila. And he he kept doing that yeah. to the point where I thought he's doing it too much. And even yeah. Wahlberg's like, you think I'm doing that too much? There you go. You might be. And he goes, I'm telling you, it's going to be funny. And then he was right. It was hilarious. So yeah. not only was he good at playing comedy, he even started improvising. Brilliant. And just a totally cool guy to hang no drama, like like just a pleasure to have on set. And, yeah. uh, and that's it. They've done, what, three movies together? I think they're planning a fourth. I mean, it's crazy. Amazing. One of the most unlikely pairs you'd ever see in your life. And yeah. they're having like this run together.
0: Completely. And that was also um – in, in parts of that, I'm sure I'm, I'm, not, I'm not misremembering this, but of an, an early turn for Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who's gone on to, again, yeah. prove people that he's not, you kind of, in the late 80s, early 90s, when Hulk Hogan was doing Suburban Commando and Mr. Nelly, yeah. he's not that. He's this genuinely, amazingly, and I think the Jumanji film recently has been one of the great examples of that. It was, everyone on paper's like, we don't want a new Jumanji film. Yeah. I mean, it happens. It's fantastic. The Rock's so just good. an engaging guy. And he's By the way, how and... good was that movie?
1: Yeah, it's great. It's it was like a pure, I watched it with my daughters. We had the best freaking time. It yeah. was like fantastic.
0: And I, I... love the original. So I was skeptical same when here. I heard about it. And same I was like, here. this is wonderful. This is.
1: We have the same thing. My producer's like, you know, I can get Dwayne Johnson. We were doing the other guys. I was like, Dwayne Johnson, really? Because we got Sam Jackson. Like, that's cool. Yeah. He's like, I'm telling you, Dwayne Johnson's great. And I was like. All right. And then Dwayne Johnson showed up. I'm like, that guy is the greatest guy I have ever met in my life. I will do anything with him. He's funny. He's a badass. He's like, he blew us away so much we couldn't yeah. believe. I, we were shocked how funny he was yeah. too. And yeah. uh, no, I would do anything with that guy. And I had the same thing. I know exactly
0: what you mean. Early on, yeah. you weren't
1: quite sure which way it was going to go. and Completely.
0: Uh, You'd had a lot of wrestlers basically move into a bit of yeah. acting. And it was always kind of, you're basically being a wrestler in it. And D- Dwayne Johnson was the opposite of that.
1: The joke I have with Christian Bale, we all have, is uh, that Christian Bale asked his kids, be honest with me, would you rather Dwayne Johnson was your dad? And his daughter's like, don't ask us this, dad. And he's like, honestly. And she's like, yeah, we would. Yeah. <laughs> So I asked my daughters, and they're like, "Of course, I would pretty so, much swap <laughs> anyone in my life for, for Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> any role, any role, I would. If I were going into serious surgery, I would switch my doctor for Dwayne Johnson, knowing it ups my chances of dying by thirty five percent. Like yeah. it, Dwayne Johnson is
0: better as any person than yeah. they are as themselves. Laughter is the best medicine. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is the best medicine. Exactly. Saying, yeah. Forget well, my gallbladder. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll wrap things up now. I just want to kind of end on kind of saying how. How was it when, because I think people misremember the early days of of your career a little bit, because Anchorman and Step Brothers and all of these, they weren't these big instant hits. They were these kind of slow burning things that became cult uh, classics. And same with, it was at the same time as the the Funny or Die stuff and that kind of thing. It was all just burning. So how is it to kind of have that thing now where, because, again, you can look and go, well, he's done tons of huge films. You're now doing these films that, from the start, have that that pressure to be a big thing, a lot of attention, rather than potentially always look at it as, as the Kevin Smith kind of, of method, where all of his films, I love them, but you forget that they were tiny box office and tiny. they became these yeah. cult things on DVDs. Yeah, and so it's and true. So that's true. That's so, true. So how is that now, having that different... You know, I, I never feel
1: that... The pressure is always just the movie. The pressure is in in making the movie. I don't yeah. really ever think about the response or... Oh my God! It has to be right because yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's probably one of the lucky things about I've been doing it a long time now. Yeah. So it's really everything's just about making the movie. Yeah. Uh, and there could be pressure within that. You can get stuck on something with the story. You can get you know a script can stall. So uh, I don't ever really think of it in those terms. And and even those comedies, even though you're right. They were all like kind of moderate hits that then got way bigger afterwards. They were still like you know, Talladega Nights cost like seventy five million, yeah. and other guys was like hundred million. So I mean, there's some big budgets for those movies.
0: Um the pressures
1: there. Um, but, God, even with those, we didn't feel any pressure. We just felt like, you know what? If you're going to feel pressure, it's going to mess up the comedy. And, like, so you're losing right away. So we just kind of decided, like, screw it. Let's yeah. just go make it and laugh our asses off. And whatever happens, happens. And we'll do our best, you know. That's
0: perfect. Well, I'm going to stop there to to remove any, any pressure in future interviews today because <laughs> of time restrictions. So thank you very much for your time. It's been Such a Such a pleasure,
1: man. Great talking with you.
0: Thank you. You've been listening to Scrooge Kick's Discrushed the Pieces. There you go. That was Adam McKay. What a lovely ch- ch- chat, right? I mentioned that, you know, I'm often nervous when it's a guest I've not met before and when it's an American guest. I also know that on Press Junkets, everyone else is getting 5, 10, 15 minutes. I'm getting 40 or, f- or 45 minutes or an hour. So there's some pressure on me to deliver there, to, to kind of go, oh, there's a reason I'm getting all this time. I'm all I'm I'm all right at this, I swear. Um, so, yeah, I was really pleased with that conversation. I loved t- t- talking t- t- to Adam. I didn't plug myself too much. You know, obviously, after I finished, I kind of did have a mention of, like, yo, I'd love to work with you down the line. But, um, yeah, it was a good chat. I really enjoyed it. Um, I will see you all next week, guys thank or i'll see a lot of you tomorrow if you're listening on, fr- on fr- friday at the book club w- we are lizards at the book club um c- c- come down i love the fact that since the podcast has launched we're getting tons of people at the book club who are podcast fans and come to chat and to hang out and to meet me stew chris and have a lovely time so yeah come be part of that it's blooming lovely I'll see a lot of you at the book club. Come say hello. Ask for, f- f- for photos. I'll s- if you want stuff signed, br- bring it along. But will br- bring a pen with you. I don't have a pen. I'm there getting drunk. The um, earlier you get there, the more likely I can have a chat and hang out. If it's later in the night, I'll be drunk and it'll be rammed and noisy. So, ain't much going down. Um, yeah. See you all next week. Ta-ta.